You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Oh, okay. So, here's a fun story. So, we, as you know from our last episode, are in our new apartment. Yes. It is wonderful. <laughs> it is slightly more set up than it was before. Yes. Our neighbors across the way have a wreath that is made out of baby doll parts. Yep. It's pretty terrifying. It's very scary. <laughs> Neither of us is a doll person. Nope. I like Barbie, and that's pretty much it. Yep. Even Ken's a little freaky, let's be real. <laughs> Unless it's that one Ken that smelled like suntan lotion, which is a totally different story. Anyways. Mm-hmm. So you know the beginning of the story, so you should tell it. <laughs> so, <laughs> Since it didn't happen to me. No. So all. I must have been when I came home from work yesterday, which is around 8 o'clock. Mm-hmm. I come up the stairs, <laughs> and the people with the weird fucking... Presumably the people. Yeah, with presumably the, the people with the the baby the wreath. The baby wreath. <laughs> There's this baby wreath is my new band. <laughs> baby wreath is my new specifically metal Christmas album. Yes. Okay. But there's this creepy little Halloween creepy doll mm-hmm. on like what's she sitting on? She's on like a little tricycle. Or yeah, whatever. Or something it's weird. Like a yeah. So it's sort of towards their door, but facing out so that we'd obviously see it or anyone that's going down or up the stairs would see it. So I'm like, what the fuck? So whatever. (laughs) So I leave today and it's in the same place at the top of the stairs. So when I'm coming home today, I'm coming up the stairs and it's moved. So, okay. So our stairs, each flight is split into two. So you like go up like eight steps or whatever, and then you turn and go up another eight and then you're on the next floor. So there's like a little landing in between the two steps, the two sets of stairs. So I go up the first one, and as I go up the second one, bam, creepy fucking baby doll staring at me, and I'm like, what the fuck? Her eyes like black. Yeah, she's fucking creepy. She's a creepy Halloween doll. No, creepy. Yeah. So I go up the stairs, and I go into the apartment. So I go over to Martha, and I'm like, if you left the apartment today, and she's like, no, I'm like, I have not. I'm assuming. The stupid neighbors that we don't know yet with the stupid baby doll <laughs> put the little fucking creepy doll out. And when I left this morning, it was here. And then I came home this morning, at this at just now, it was here. <laughs> so Martha's like, what the fuck? So she goes out and she I'm looks like, at it. This is the most exciting She's like, thing. And I'm is- like, this is horrifying. <laughs> I hate every piece of my life. I go down these little stairs. I'm like, okay, this is, this is the worst. And then I come back and I'm like, obviously we have to move it. <laughs> That's that's the only plan. We sit around and talk for a little bit, and then I'm like, okay, I'm going to go move it into the hallway. Um, so I go, and I go down the stairs, and I, like, gingerly pick it. <laughs> Literally, okay, this is all as embarrassing as it possibly can be. <laughs> you didn't get to see it. Hopefully they did because of a video or something. Uh, I'm pretty sure I heard some of it. <laughs> yeah. So I, like, go down the stairs, wave in front of the doll's face just in case, and I'm like, Nothing. And then I like <laughs> pick her up, but not touching the doll. I'm only touching the bike. <laughs> just 
to go put her down in the hallway kind of facing them because it's a little dark and it's spooky and I go to put her down and I like start to place her there and she starts <laughs> she starts fucking singing <laughs> I think I heard that that's because I thought you might have been caught moving it and then all of a sudden from our fucking crazy ghost doll neighbor all of a sudden Martha comes <laughs> Slamming through the front door. <laughs> Literally pushing herself up against the back of the door with the lock of the door. <laughs> like crying laughing. Like <laughs> from fear and and, and, and you moved. It moved. <laughs> oh my fuck it moved. Oh, I wish I could remember what weird nursery rhyme song she was singing. Ring around the rosy. Ring around yeah. the rosy. I was like, oh, I'm uncomfortable. I'm so uncomfortable. And uh, then I was like, I can't breathe. I cannot catch my breath because <laughs> everything's too scary. <laughs> and all of my fears about dolls have been down. And she's like, it's fine. And uh, if it's not outside our door by the time we leave, I will be fucking shocked. I am going to like peek my head out before mm-hmm. I open that door. I was like, if I open my door and it's just in front of it, I'm probably going to scream and kick it into their door. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking Tina and I don't think I like you very much. Essentially. I'm like, back at you, bitch. <laughs> Jesus, please don't move when I'm trying to move you. <laughs> So, like, immediate terror where I'm like, I know this isn't actually afraid, so now I'm going to laugh, but I'm also still a little bit hysterical. You know. Yeah, I I still have to leave. Mm -hmm. I almost got attacked by a ghost dog. I'm scared. I don't want to leave the apartment now. Um, We're coming to you on election day, so both of us are out of sorts right now. Yeah. Yeah, so... That's that. There's a lot of noise happening. Say sounds are happening. <laughs> I'm not really afraid, but I am actually a coward. You could look out your window. I could look out my window. If it's sure. out my fucking window, I'm going to have to go to them and cry and be like, I can't take this. I really, I can't. I can't. Okay. Please. <laughs> Miss Gustav. Yeah. Also, so first of all, obviously ghosts aren't real and they're dumb. But like, fuck, it must be the actual worst thing in the world if you had to be a ghost that possessed a doll. Ugh, right? That's why you have to be around children all the time. Right? Secondly, dolls are fucking creepy as shit and they all smell a little bit weird. And if they're ever around children's pee, they smell like children's pee forever. I assume. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Shit. All right, we're on episode 30. Yes, Shit. we are. Yeah, it's 30. Shit, we're on episode I know. 30. What is life? Is that doll alive? Is that doll sitting outside of our door? Does she have a tiny knife? <laughs> what do you have? A knife! No! <laughs> <laughs> Shit. All right. I'm Brittany Vitrino. I'm Martha Bartlett. And this is But First, Let's Let's Talk talk Nerdy. I have to open the door and see if the doll's right there. Oh my god, clink me, you bitch. Oh, I'm sorry. I can't stop thinking about this fucking doll.
I'm scared. I'm ready. I'm really scared. Okay, I don't see it right in front of anything. It's not right outside of my door. <laughs> so it's probably still where you left it. Maybe somebody walked past it. Maybe. And it made a noise. And they were like. Do you think it has like a. a I figured out that you moved because I was like, hey, do you have that? Well, thing? I walked by it three times. Yes. We have at my house for Christmas, we have a Tigger that pops out of a present. <laughs> and we leave him in the bathroom at on like Christmas Eve. And we do it every year, but it's still scares all of us every year because he'll like he's wicked loud and he'll like activate when you turn the lights on so he'll oh turn the lights God. on and he'll just be like oh, it's Tigger <laughs> you don't really have to pee because then you just wet your pants and you're like well I'm leaving this for whoever did this because it's your responsibility oh shit alright you're going first I let's get this party first. started let's get this party started what are you talking about Today. So today I'm talking about comics and I'm talking about Batman. Um, I know. And so why on election night, Martha? Uh, I was I wanted episode 25 and then it was in October. And now we're doing episode 30. So here we are. But don't worry. Uh, so there have been a couple titles that I cycled through for what this episode is going to be. Uh, one of them was going to be like. 70 reasons that Batman is a big fucking drama queen. <laughs> <laughs> um, many reasons that Batman should have done therapy instead of putting his money into Batman. Um, you know, things like that. Uh, and then I was like, let's not talk about 40 different stories because that's super fucking annoying. And if we just talked about all of the reasons that Batman could be a drama queen, we'd be here for the next three years. That could be a podcast on its own. That's fucking fair. Like that's every other story. You've got at least two or three moments. But yeah, so I went through some of his big stories to find something that says what I want to say. And the story that we're talking about today is the Tower of Babel story. As much as Batman is, you know, kind of the worst, I do genuinely love him. Um, he's a mess, but I like, I can't say anything. I have a fucking Batman tattoo. I grew up on Batman comics and Batman cartoons. But Batman is just a bag of issues that should have been loved and then actually put his money towards helping people instead of... Therapy? Yeah. Or towards therapy or towards anything. Instead of being like, I'm going to be actually a fancy vigilante people. cop. I am... <laughs> instead of being like, I'm going to put money towards school programs. Yeah. <laughs> I could just take all of the people in Gotham out of poverty. And then, you know, what would solve a lot of our problems. Not having poverty. Yeah. <laughs> that would be a, a big one. Like, I know you've got a lot of the, like, weird fucking villains, but also they came around for you. So It's true. Wait, wah, wah. You're a capital B billionaire. You could have affected so much change. What if you'd actually done the thing instead of arming yourself? Why didn't you go into very intensive therapy? Batman early is enough? just America. I know. Capitalism. Batman is capitalism. Oh. How's that, fucking fanboys? <laughs> the, that's the the other title that I didn't say for this one is Stop Jerking Off Batman Fanboys. <laughs> mm -hmm. Batman Circle Jerks are cancelled fanboys. 
But yeah, exactly. What if you'd done the thing? Why didn't you get inter- intensive therapy early enough that you could change? And you can't, like, changing now is going to be a different story because you have 40 plus years of learned terrible behaviors. Yep. That you were like, I'm going to go as hard into this as I possibly can. It's like when dogs learn to hump. It's learned behavior. <laughs> They're going to forever hump even if they don't have balls. This is the worst. It's also why boy dogs who get neutered before they learn to lift their leg don't lift their leg. Learned behavior. Um. So yeah. So everyone knows Batman. If you don't know Batman, like stop listening. Yeah, you're not welcome anymore. How many Batmans have there, like in the movies? Batman. How many Batmans have there been (laughs) since you and I were like children? God. At least like four. More than that. Yeah. Everybody knows Batman. You just do. He is the rich white dude that uses his money and detective work in order to deal with crime in Gotham. His parents were murdered in front of him as an eight-year-old, and he dedicated himself to violence and vengeance. This is why you don't let children make life decisions, especially children who have been incredibly fucking traumatized. Yep. And, you know, he's got a relatively good tactical brain, though it's one that fans overblow like it's their job. Also, uh, fans ruined Batman, male fans specifically, y'all can fight me. Shocking no one. Mm-hmm. Men yeah. ruin shit. But yeah, Batman is very much a, like, it's the male fantasy of not, act, of like, being good enough and even better than, like, the special people who are around you, even though you aren't, like, on their actual level. Somebody who made their tragedy into something. He's well known for being prepared for all the eventualities in any fight, analyzing the situation and making sure that he can win somehow, uh, and no guns. This, the analyzing, not the no guns, I just mentioned that at the end, uh, is one of his main traits, and it's usually a big positive, but sometimes being prepared edges into paranoia and self-isolation. Turns out when you didn't get therapy and you double down on your issues and then you were like, let's make them worse by taking every person who has ever been positive around me and pushing them away except for Alfred. God, Batman. Bruce Wayne. You need a hug, buddy. And some therapy. Yeah. More therapy than hugs. Well, oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He's also like, I have two friends, three friends that hug and it's just... Superman, Dick Grayson. This <laughs> is a Dick Grayson. Mm-hmm. So many hugs. And Steph, who probably doesn't hug Batman, Batman no. because he's being a twat to her he's almost all the time. Always a dick to her. Yeah, she punches him in the face, and it's the best moment in comics. <sighs> period. I love her so much. Yes, we. Mm. Okay, so this story. <laughs> Uh, I guess we're not talking about staff yeah. today. Speaking of a person who could have been helped if Batman had just put his money back into society instead of... Crime fighting. Instead of this dumb fantasy where he gets to be a bat. I get to dress up like a bat. I'm going to beat some bad guys up. And it's going to be the greatest. And it's like, are you still eight or are you not? Y- yes. Yeah. yeah. He is still eight. That is exactly Claw? the issue here. <laughs> so, this story... Justice League, Tower of Babel. The storyline deals with Ra's al Ghul taking down the Justice League to cause planet-wide chaos, because why not? 
if I was Raish, I'd probably just be chill and be immortal until I didn't want to be immortal anymore. Because he has that kind of immortality. The good kind. Yeah. Where you're like, oh, I'm done now. I can just opt out. <laughs> oh, yeah. And also, you can make other people immortal. So you don't have to be immortal alone, which is like the worst part of immortality. Well, besides having to stay alive for a really long fucking time. Bad times. The shit opens up with Batman is going to the graveyard, bringing some roses for his parents. I know. Like, you spend so much time at the graveyard and not enough time at therapy. It's going to be a therapy-heavy episode, guys. Anything that includes Batman where you're talking about him realistically, you should talk about therapy and you should talk about the fact that he's basically a cop. So that's that. He's a cop without a gun, but he still brings the violence, so mm-hmm. he still has the like mentality of an eight-year-old like most cops. <laughs> bad guys are bad. Still, I'm gonna kill them. He still has the means to bring about actual change, mm-hmm. but decides to punch things instead. Literal piles of money that he uses for weapons instead of anything else. So he goes to the graveyard and he sees that speaking of, the bodies of his parents have been stolen. Are they the doll? Oh, no. <laughs> that doll is really Batman's parents. <laughs> I also, when I was looking up stuff for this, which was mostly Wikipedia and fandom, and then Scan Daily, because I didn't mention my sources and I remember it right now. Um, I also took a quiz that was like, it was basically like a name that Pokemon, but it was Batman villains and it had like a... Oh, God. <laughs> like do you know and it's just like the guy who killed Batman's parents and it was like a bunch of different J names and one of them was just Jerry Chill and I have actively died from that this is the end Jerry Chill killed me Jerry Chill avenged my death Batman Jerry Chill (laughs) that's not important anyhow So, uh, Rachel Gould has decided with the League of Assassins to launch a multi-pronged simultaneous strike on all members of the JLA. If you were wondering if I typed that myself, I absolutely <laughs> fucking didn't. But and also, typing simultaneous just makes me anxious because I always feel like there should be like four more E's in there, which there aren't. So the strike uh, basically consists of very specific attacks that target the League members and some of their lesser-known weaknesses or vulnerabilities. So um, for John Jones, uh, he is covered with nanites that convert the outer layer of his skin into magnesium. Who's John Jones? John Jones is Martian Manhunter. Okay. Mm -hmm. So basically... Magnesium, when it's with the air, it bursts into flame. Something about science. Whatever. <laughs> and uh, Martian Manhunter, like, his weakness is fire. Yeah. Cannot burn big time bad. Like, if there's any sort of a fire, he's like, well, seriously? Or, I'll That's be a big flaw here. to be on the Earth. Mm-hmm. So he later survives by wearing an airtight suit. And then uh, waiting until he had shed enough skin cells to function normally. Uh, Aquaman is rendered hydrophobic, so he's afraid of water, which is a bad time because he he needs water to survive for more than a few hours. 
they make an altered version of Scarecrow's fear toxin, so he's just incredibly afraid of any water. So they just keep. Going. I like how they were like, "We don't know what to do for Aquaman, so we're gonna make him fake afraid of what he needs we're to live." We're just gonna in. make him dry. That is so fucking lame. <laughs> It's also like the weird version of Aquaman where he's got like just throw him in the fucking desert, metal and stuff on his arm for just throw him in the middle of the fucking desert. Big beard. There are lots of things that you. No, we're gonna make him scared of water, even though he needs it. Mm. Comic books are so dumb most of the time, and DC leads the comic book world of dumb topics, especially like more recent DC. Well, no, DC has always been kind of a cesspool. <laughs> All right. What other awful things do what they do to people? What other awful things? So here is just, one that works, that actually makes sense. Plastic Man, they freeze him solid and then okay. shatter him with a hammer. That does make sense. Mm-hmm. Kyle Rayner is rendered blind with his own power ring using subconscious commands while he sleeps. So basically what... So whenever they didn't know what to do, they're like, we're just going to take over their brain. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> Though it is actually, like, canonical. Kyle Rayner doesn't sleep with his ring on because if he has nightmares, he's worried that they'll, like, start to come to life, which would be a bad time. That's Especially true. if you're an artist who, yes. like, is like, I draw monsters sometimes. Wonder Woman is basically t- trapped in some VR battle that she, like, keeps... Another one where... We know what we're gonna do. So we're gonna put her in this fake place. She's basically <laughs> fights until... She's gonna fight until she dies or gets a heart attack oh or something. God. And I was like... Some of them I was like, you didn't think about it. No, this. they didn't. It's And there are ways to take these characters down, but it's fine. Literally anything. You could have just been like, hey, Kyle, how's your girlfriend? And then he would have just cried forever because she was butchered into a, a fridge. So, you're welcome, Rachel Ghoul. You should have called me. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Wonder Woman does some fighting heart attack, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, they use a bullet that um, strikes the flash in the back, but it's like especially made to vibrate at the same frequency as he does. So it, like, makes him experience a lot of seizures, but at light speed. Comic book science! Hey! And then... They could have also just, like, froze Barry Allen. Yes. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. I don't... This is, uh... That's why in this the... This is Wally. I mean, it's still oh, cold still Well, bad, still. But, but that's, like, that's, that's why, like, fucking freeze... Not freeze. Um... You're cold. doing great. Captain Cold. The other cold. The other cold guy. What's that cold word that I'm trying to think of? Cold. What's a really cold word? Why he has the gun. Mm-hmm. Because cold is the... Because it makes the particles. Yes, I know. I just think that makes more sense than some bullet that vibrates at the same fucking whateverness of Barry Allen. More important than that... It's called or, a vibra-bullet, so it just is a vibrator. Because you can buy a vibra-bullet. You can a thousand percent buy a vibra-bullet. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure I've had one of those. Uh-huh. We all know what that's about. <laughs> the, literally, you can look up bullet vibrator. It's, yeah, that's what they've got, the little bullet. It's called a bullet vibrator. Yeah. So uh, mm-hmm. this person doesn't know sex toys, I guess. You have no shit. <laughs> <laughs> And then, okay, so last uh, thing here. Then they use red kryptonite on Superman, which 
causes his skin to become transparent and then he like gets overloaded with his sensory shit because a lot of his stuff has to do with the sun. So the only person who isn't having this dumb issue is Batman. And uh, as the rest of the league falls... All uh, they had to do was show him a picture of his parents. They did. They just took the bodies. Oh. So, yeah. He's not having a physical issue. He's having a brain problem. Yeah, a lot of times that's more. Oh, it absolutely 1,000% is. Most of them are actually having brain issues that just could be somehow... He's having a feelings problem. (laughs) Okay. As opposed to a, I put these feelings in there for you. Problem. So after the robbery of his parents' graves, Raish had, of course, stolen them as a distraction. And when Batman gets to his lair, he's like, oh, I'm just going to throw them in the Lazarus pit, which would theoretically revive them, though probably it would make them come back weird because they've been dead for a long time. He also says something nice like, wouldn't it be nice to hear their voices again? Literally, my next sentence is, dead parents, my one weakness. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, you when you were talking about all of the, the weaknesses for people, and you said, oh, Batman's are his dead parents. Yes, you are right. <laughs> okay. Canonically, that is true. Rish is like, yeah, I mean, it should have been really hard to deal with the JLA, but I had an in, you know? Is this uh, before or after Batman banged his daughter? After. Okay. Before Damien is born, but after, like, they definitely have been fucking for however many. Maybe if Batman didn't stick his dick in things, this also wouldn't happen. To be fair, Talia was like, I'm hopping on this. Daddy, stay away. (laughs) Turning your head. Who do you think daddy's gonna blame for that? Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Like, I love Talia. (laughs) She's a monster, but she is a favorite monster. But yeah, so he's like, yeah, I uh, had an in so I could figure out all of their weaknesses. And Batman is like, mm, how did you, basically like, how did you fucking do this? And he holds up the red kryptonite. And Bruce is like, no, 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 no. It's you, bitch. It's your fault. This is your plan. Except for the dead parents part, which I came up with on my own. Fun fact, turns out that Red Kryptonite was created mad scientist style by Batman himself. Which also, the whole fact that there is like transparent skin time in this is horrible. I don't want to see that. It's gross. Bad times. So if he's transparent skin, do you see everything underneath? It's all muscly and gross. I know, it's the worst. Who wants to see the inside of a person? No one. No one. Not when they're, like, alive and moving. That's gross. Like, the bodies exhibit, that's different. It's still fucked up, but it's different fucked up. But yeah, so he's like, boop, see this little red buddy? Ha ha ha. Turns out it's your plan. And Batman's like, oh no, and races back home. This is a Batman who is freaking the fuck out because he's done some serious research into how to put down all the other members of the JLA. Not to put down, but like to incapacitate. (laughs) Like, this is your plan. We stole it from you. This is how it's working. This is all your fucking fault. And I'm sure there's still some dumb part of him that is like, well, I did it for your own good. But yeah, when he comes up on on Clark, he's like, you have to get the fuck out of here because you're going to be in bad trouble. Everything is the worst. Uh, He's like, I did this. This is my fault. Like, 
you know, and it's a Batman that has like no fucking self control, which you almost never see. Even when like Jason died, it's like I'm kind of sad, but I'm still not going to kill the Joker because I'm a baby. Of course, by the time they all get back together to talk about things and figure things out, uh, the harsh bat mask is right back there. So. You know who's so good at talking things out? People who never, ever go to therapy, even though they have a billion dollars. Can I have a little bit of that money for therapy? <laughs> yeah. I want to go to therapy. <laughs> the Robin Therapy Trust. <laughs> so the whole that shit is fucking going down. Meanwhile, in the outside world, Al Ghul broadcasts a signal worldwide rendering the written language scrambled into unreadable nonsense to the human brain and throwing the world's government facilities and hospitals into chaos. Even hearing things and seeing things, blah, blah, blah. All that shit means that words look like a key smash. So this would be me yelling all of my insecurities and everything that I've ever wanted to scream at somebody's face at them right now. Because uh, creative problems require creative solutions. Mm -hmm. The other League members manage to recover from their injuries and protect their ears from the onslaught so they can talk to each other, which is, I guess, the only thing that you had to do to make yourself be able to hear again. Like, you can't just put, like, one news... Oh, you can't put one news broadcast out that says put in earplugs. You could do a video. You could definitely do do a a video. video. So how'd they fix it? So how they fixed it for them is they ended up like blocking their ears or something stupid. I'm not 100% sure because I didn't read that part. And this is just dumb. Yeah, it is. (laughs) But yeah, while they're all recovering and while this fucking nonsense is going on, Batman is forced to reveal the nature of the attacks to them. Basically, he was worried. He's the one that fucking did all this research. It was me. Because I just didn't want to get therapy. I'm sorry. Things that Batman will never, ever say. (laughs) He just writes it in a diary and then burns the diary. It has a little key. One of those. That's all written in here. No, it's not. (laughs) But yeah, basically he was worried that one or all of them could go rogue at any time. So he developed contingency plans to put any of them out of commission. Um, And then Talia, oh cool. Babe. Hi, babe. Uh, broke into the Batcave and stole all the files off of his computer, which is how the League of Assassins gained their intel. Once the red kryptonite actually does finally wear off, everybody's like, okay, we can finally look at you, Superman, because you're not super gross to look at all the time. (laughs) And Superman's like, finally, I can actually do a thing, and he destroys the machine that is causing the chaos. Also, at the last minute, Raish is like, um... I'm going to release a deadly nerve agent and spark a war between two nations. Why not? Because, why, yeah. Why not? I know I had seven other plans, so I'm going to just pop this one on the end here. Might as well. Sounds like a really good fucking time. So at the very last minute, they're able to prevent the release of the toxin just in time. Because of Batman's plans used against the JLA, they're forced to bring his continued membership to a vote. And the vote ends in a thin but decisive majority on Batman's removal from the team. So the people that vote against are Wonder Woman, Plastic Man, and Aquaman. Flash Green Lantern and Martian Manhunter are 
cool with Batman sticking around, and then Superman casts the last vote because that's the type of person that he is. He's like, I haven't had skin for a while, and I feel really guilty about this, so let's get rid of Batman. <laughs> um, I'm sorry you guys had to look at all of my muscles. Sorry. There's a lot of them, and it was probably really weird for you. <laughs> they go in to see the final vote for Batman because he does actually, I guess, get a vote in this, and Batman has already ghosted them. <laughs> Asshole. Batman's like, oh, you guys are voting for me to leave. I guess I'll just leave on my own. Fuck you. You didn't kick me out. I left. <laughs> so, yeah. You know how I was like, 55 reasons why Batman is a drama queen. Uh, here's at least six or seven. <laughs> at least six or seven. Jesus. <laughs> and Superman's like, mm, I'm not surprised. Which, if you know Batman, how could you possibly be surprised by this? So yeah, that is a pretty definitive story for Batman and the League. When they're deciding on Batman, like, leaving or staying, Kyle Rayner, our current Green Lantern, artsy-fartsy boy, mentions that with thinking like this, maybe they could have avoided Coast City and Hal Jordan turning into Parallax and killing a pile of Green Lanterns, which had just happened pretty recently so um it's not like he wasn't a hundred percent coming from a place that kind of made sense um and then so wonder woman when she is casting her vote uh says about mankind that i might not like them devising safeguards against us but i can't fault them for it but neither do i rely on those people the way i do my teammates i cannot i will not go into battle beside someone i do not trust Someone who secretly studies me, scrutinizes my weaknesses as intently as he acknowledges my assets. Which I know they're not talking about her butt, but that's what I was thinking about. (laughs) I fully believe Batman never meant his contingency plans to be abused, but he could have told us they existed without detailing them. Because I can no longer fight with confidence alongside a man secretive. His presence now weakens the League, and those we defend need us to always be our strongest. With regret, I vote for expulsion. Yeah. What would you do? Do you think Batman was right to have contingency plans against all of these people who do? No, because contingency plans like that always lead to what happened. Exactly. You have them and they will always, always be found by the bad people and then always used against your people. You're not that tricky. And you do fuck some people who are kind of (laughs) a little suspect. Also, like, you fuck some people who are kind of suspect who know who you are. Yes. As the person who is like, I'm alone and no one stays with me and I do this and secret identities, blah, blah, blah. You know what this podcast has made me? Anti-Batman. Anti-Batman. I mean, I feel like if you're anti-capitalist, you have to kind of be anti-Batman. It's fair. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I was always like, maybe it's cool. And I'm like, Batman, what a fucking twat. You suck. I hate you. So at one point in the future, I will actually talk about all the things that I like about Batman because I feel like when Batman is written well, he can be really interesting. I think I liked all the side characters, Batman, and all oh, absolutely. Batman. Well, I think that's what it was. That's a big part of it. But like a, a, a compassionate Batman is what he should be, and frequently people forget about that. If you watch any of the fucking cartoons, he's like one of the fun, char- like yes. good characters because he's interesting, and you know that he has like. A place that he stands by, but he also will bend. Whereas comic book Batman is a fucking plot. Period. End of story.
Forgive the interruption. Hi, I'm Mike. Hi, I'm Kylan. Hi, I'm Eric. And we are Mighty Marvel Geeks. Mighty Marvel Geeks is your award-winning show about all things Marvel, with news, rumors, commentary, and interviews covering movies, comics, and all points in between. We'll also have our recommendations on what to pick up each week on New Comic Book Day, as well as a weekly pick from New Marvel Unlimited. Find us online at MightyMarvelGeeks.net. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your favorite podcast. That's Mighty Marvel Geeks. And remember, we are Groot. All right, well, I, today, mm-hmm. am also going to be talking about comics. Mm. I got a little inspiration from me last week. From me? So, today... I am going to talk about Blink. <gasps> Baby. Baby. Oh, I love Blink. Are you super excited for me to draw you as Blink? Is that the real reason? Maybe. <laughs> so my sources are just essentially Wikipedia and fandom. Mm-hmm. You know. So it's pulled out of my ass starting today. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> my other topic I need more time for, so... That's fair. Okay. I almost abandoned this one and then I was like, narrow your focus. You can't talk about every one of Batman's fuck ups. You'll die. Yeah. It will, it will, I will die. Yeah. All right. So Blink, who is so much better than Batman. I mean, that's cute. She's a cutie booty. She's so cute and pink and she's adorable and she's got little pointy ears. I love her. All right. So Blink, her name is Clarice Vaughn Ferguson. Do you have something to say? No. I'll, I, I feel like you do. You know, stuff about Clarice. <laughs> she is Are a- the lambs still screaming, Clarice? I know you don't fucking know that. I know it's from Silent of the Lambs. Obviously. <laughs> what else are they talking about? And people aren't talking about lambs screaming in any other movie, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> She's just like... Also, Clarice, isn't that uh, the little cute reindeer? Yes. There's always tomorrow. No? Yes. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Good. For dreams tomorrow. Okay, I was like, I am not sure where to go from that. <laughs> Believe in yourself, come on. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Clarice. So Blank, mm-hmm. whose name is actually Clarice yep. Baum Ferguson, is a fictional character. She's a superheroine appearing in comic books published by Marvel Comics. She first appeared in Uncanny X-Men 317, which was released in October of 1994. She was created by writer Scott Lobdell and uh. artist Joe Madureira. Madrera? Maybe. Hmm. She's a mutant who can teleport herself and others at will. She was a member of Generation X, X-Men, New Mutants, and her Age of Apocalypse counterpart is the leader of Exiles, a group tasked with the correcting problems in various alternate mm-hmm. worlds and divergent timelines in the Marvel multiverse. Yeah, her AOA version is baller. 
Well, as I say, that her, her... That's the main... That's the main one that people think of. Yeah. Her actual 616... 616. <laughs> Isn't the typical version that no. people think of when you, if you think of Blink, it's not the one that you're mm-hmm. going to think of. Also, the fact that she goes through time and, like, corrects anomalies makes me think that she should hang out with Booster Gold. Yes. Sorry, Blink. You're way better. Hang out with Michelle Carter. There you go. <laughs> um, Blink was first brought in as an unstable mutant with the ability to teleport. Blink was one of the mutants captured by Phalanx? Phalanx. Uh, Phalanx. Phalanx? P-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-
<laughs> I don't want to be either of those. <laughs> I was going to say, both of those are bad. Uh, flonks. <laughs> flanks. The failings cabinet storyline in which the extraterrestrial derived techno organic beings called the phalanx oh, oh. captured her and several young mutants to assimilate their powers. This version of Blank was tense and panicky and frightened of her own powers, having awoken in a pool of blood after her first use of time using them. I mean, that's fair. Yeah. That would be a bad time. Yep. So she could not properly control her powers and apparently wasn't able to teleport anything in intact form. Instead, any object or person caught in Blink's teleportation field, also known as the Blink Wave, would be shredded. <laughs> Bad time for that. (laughs) (laughs) Also, people are like, I'm just practicing. Oh, no. (laughs) She eventually used her abilities to cut up Harvest, a phalanx entity guarding her and her peers, but she was caught up in her own teleportation field and apparently died in the process. Because of her sacrifice, the remaining captives were set free and became X-Men Junior Team Generation X. Oh, I would say that about literally almost any X-Men team because I do genuinely, uh, generally, generally and genuinely love all of them. <laughs> Even the weird ones. The random ones. Like Hellions for like a fucking <laughs> second. I'm like, why are you all in these weird pink outfits? <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> why is this happening? She makes a very brief appearance in Dark Rain, which was in 2008 to 2009. When Hercules travels to the underworld, Blink is among the dead characters seen in Erebus gambling for their resurrection. But unlike the others, Blink is just standing there watching them gamble. She's not doing anything. And then in 2009, Necrotia hit the Marvel Universe. Blink was seen in the company of Selina. Uh, we learned. Oh, I added an A. It's okay. There is just an E. I didn't type an A. I just said an A. <laughs> <laughs> and I know it's Celine. Clearly, I just want to watch Selena. Oh, hey. <laughs> JLo is. I'm here for the mashup. <laughs> Just somebody write a song about like brutalizing all of the X Men in Spanish for us, please, to the tune of any Selena song, and I will Venmo you five dollars. Shit. We're still waiting, obviously, because we haven't released it to hear your. Christmas movie options. <laughs> yes. Because this is important to me. Yes, it is. We and to you, those. if you want $5. Yes. <laughs> Martha's just throwing out $5 everywhere. That one's important. <laughs> this one, I don't even remember what I said. <laughs> oh, no, never mind. Killing the ex. <laughs> I a thousand percent changed my mind. Both of those are worth $5. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Blake was seen in the company of Celine. No way. Um, and we learned that Celine helped locate and free Blake from the place she had disappeared to. Instead of accidentally killing herself, she had transferred herself to a different location in her mutant power ladder to survive intact. 
Har- Harvest, however, did not survive. So I guess her mutant power is like, well, this is your mutant power, so we're not going to shred you to bits. Nice of it. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. It's like the same thing where you can't use your mutant power on your sibling. Well, yeah. Or like, like yeah, Scott can't hurt himself with yeah. his eyeballs. The using it on your sibling is one of those rules where I'm like, you guys forget about this almost every time that you write X-Men, but it's pretty consistently in there. So hold on to it. And actually remember who's related to everybody. Which is very stressful, to be honest. Alright, so Blink joined the inner circle with them. She fought against the X-Men because she thought that they betrayed her. And thanks to Celine's mental manipulations, it seemed even more real. After Selene was killed, Blink escaped to Necrotia. She then traveled to Eastern Europe, where Selene was born, and tried to resurrect her, but she failed. Sometime after, Emma Frost and a small team of X-Men consisting of Blindfold, who I love. I fucking love Blindfold so much. Blindfold. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Honestly, that whole team. Pixie, Husk, and Warpath. Yeah. So good. Yep. And also Doctor Strange. Uh, he could stay or go. <laughs> Track Blink down in Eastern Europe. After a brief battle, Blindfold predicts Blink is going to commit suicide, but is stopped by Emma, who managed to help manages to help her realize that Celine lied to her. Doctor Strange then steps in and casts a spell with success that successfully purges her of Celine's corruption and influence. Must be nice. Feeling remorse and guilt over killing all those people for Celine, Blink breaks down and Emma tries to reassure her that it wasn't her fault and offers offers her a place on the X-Men, but Blink is overwhelmed and emotional, so she ends up teleporting away, claiming that she can't, and then she's last seen just looking out at the San Francisco sunrise. Hmm. Baby. 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 It's not your fault. No. Also, Emma is so charismatic. So, Blink goes off the grid for a bit, but since she's actually a good person, she pops up not too long after Necrotia. She's been saving people from any disasters, which cause Cyclops to send the new mutants to find her and bring her home. The team discovered that Blink was after a band who was being controlled by an extraterrestrial centennial ship that had been using them to generate chaos energy so it could call for help. The team stopped the band and threw the ship into space. I want to watch the CW show on that. I want to watch the WB show. (laughs) Where it's just the New Mutants who are like, we have to defeat this band, but they're so popular. And then they just chuck them into space. (laughs) That's just the last episode. Yep. The end. <laughs> so Danny Moonstar Ugh. offers Blink a choice to come back and join. That was a Cyclops. good offs, by the way. Just in case you wanted to know, Danny Moonstar is a baller. She's pretty boss. So she offers Blink a choice to come and join Cyclops' X Men in Utopia or Wolverine's team at the Jean Grey School for Higher Learning. What a choice! She does choose Wolverine and goes to Win- Westchester, which is. A poor choice. Honestly, but both of those is a bad choice. It's true. But she does end up going over to Uto- uh, Utopia often as a reservist for the new mutants. Just be like, Storm, you're the only person who worked under Charles Xavier who's not a fucking nincompoop. Can you please, first of all, smash these two dumbasses' heads together oh until they pass out and make a better plan? 
then we have our own like weird little island that definitely worked out the first time when we didn't all die and then wolverine as a teacher yeah whoever thought that would be a good idea i do have a bunch of those comics and they are fun but like (laughs) no it is a bad idea idea yeah <laughs> um, one of the times she visits the new mutants, they're all depressed over their recent mission to Paradise Island. So, learning that it's Warlock's birthday, she ends up teleporting the whole team to Madripoor to celebrate. Oh, I think I read this one. <laughs> she later joins the team during their final mission against True Friend, an evil future version of Cypher. Oh, yeah. And then she's last seen attending a house party at the new mutants residence in San Francisco where she assists. And helping take down Tyro, Warlock's adopted charge. And then the last scene occurrence of Blink in the regular universe. Mm -hmm. She is a resident in New Tian in the Secret Empire storyline, along with many other mutants, which was in 2017. Okay. So that was just a quick go over of her main of them, six, 16, yeah. 616, six, 616, <laughs> the Marvel Universe, 616. So the more known, and in this version, the regular version, she's not pink. Mm. She's, she has like some like sh- markings and I think her hair might be pink, but she herself is not pink. Yeah, I know. Boo! So, the more known version of Blink, and the one that I always think of, is the Age of Apocalypse slash Exile Blink. So, we're going to talk about her. Yeah! She's baby. She's so cute. Mm-hmm. She's so, so fucking cute. So cute. What a good character. So good. Okay, so this version of Blink exhibited a more refined power set than her main universe counterpart. While the regular Marvel Universe version of Blink originally had little control over her abilities that only evolved after her rescue, the Age of Apocalypse slash Exile Blink has mastered several methods of utilizing her powers. In addition to opening teleportation portals, she can also focus her abilities into short, transparent, crystal-like javelins, which teleport whatever persons or objects they touch. She can change her... Such a cool, like, yep. teleporter you know, gimmick. So cool. Like... Be like, oh, yeah, boom. Yeah. (laughs) JK. Turns out I sent you into the moon because I can fucking do that. (laughs) Crystal Crystal and Lockjaw are like, what the fuck? Why do these people keep showing up here? (laughs) Trying to fucking clean and now there's guts everywhere. (laughs) She can um, charge her javelin so that they can cut through objects while teleporting the matter elsewhere as they strike or they can be charged to stun opponent, opponents unconscious by putting them out of phase. That's so cool! Yeah. She usually keeps a supply <laughs> in a quiver around her back, but she can make them one at a time at her will. Her teleportation is always accompanied by a blink sound, which is where her she gets her code name. X-Men killed it with their sound effects. <laughs> you blink! Every, every time you, you, you teleport, you're just blink! You got blink, and then you got bam, 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 fucking snicked. Yep. All these goddamn nerds. So good. Fastball special is just a squish sound (laughs) of somebody grabbing Wolverine's butt. Not very much of a squish sound, because it's probably very hard. Is it probably very firm? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Cyclops is good, too. His noise. Also his butt, I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) 
confused, but he has the like that noise. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure Scott's ass is also on point. Yeah, I but that's not where I was. Yeah. <laughs> um, she's also proven many times to be a skilled hand-to-hand fighter, but it is unknown whether her enhanced agility is the result of simple training or it is part of her mutation. Okay, so in Age of Apocalypse storyline, Professor X was killed before he formed the X-Men. An alternate reality unfolded into which the 5,000-year-old super mutant apocalypse gained control of North America, trying to implement a genocide campaign against regular humans. I say apocalypse. Go for it. Especially since he's only targeting North America for some Mm -hmm. reason. So. (laughs) Okay, sorry. That took me a full fucking second. That's so rude. I don't know, we're pretty fucking awful. I mean, that's true, but like, come on. Jeez. So, Clarice Ferguson was born in Kartsuya, Bahamas. Her purple skin complexion revealed her mutant, that she was a mutant at birth. Her parents accepted this fact, but feared that their daughter would not be accepted by the local population. When Clarice was four, the Fergusons moved to Miami, Florida, and to the United States, and they hoped Miami would be home to a mutant population um, where an older Clarice would be able to socialize. Mm-hmm. So she was born with pink skin. What a tiny, cute, pink, like... <sighs> I love Blink so much. <laughs> She's so cute for somebody who can be, like, so pretty brutal. Yes. She'd just be like, oh, you don't have an arm anymore. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> I sent your arm to the moon. <laughs> if I get sent next to the moon, I would send next to the moon so fucking often. <laughs> Clarice was a child when Apocalypse took over Miami, and Blink was discovered by Apocalypse's horseman, Mr. Sinister. Oh. Earlier, when I was reading this to myself, I read it, Minister Sinister. <laughs> So first of all, the fact that I've never, ever heard anybody say that before is a fucking tragedy. (laughs) And the fact that there isn't some, like, Elseworlds minister sinister is horrible. Another tragedy. The fact that there isn't a cult leader out there who's called minister sinister makes me want to fucking cry. Shit. Fuck. So, Mr. Sinister and his uh, his right-hand man, the Dark Beast, and they experimented right. on her, refining her powers. Um, in the 2000, the 2000 Blink Limited series, in a flashback, it's revealed that Blink was cellmates with the Age of Ultron version of Ileana before being rescued no. by Weapon X and Sabretooth, and that both of them were tortured regularly by the Sugar Man, who was their jailer at the time. Anybody, Sugar Man, Candy Man, something like that, Never. you know this person is a bad mm-hmm. person and probably a pedophile. Mm-hmm. All right, so Sabretooth and Weapon X, members of the Resistance Force, the X-Men, raided Beast Laboratories and they rescued Blink. She became the unofficial adopted daughter of Sabretooth and always referred to him as Mr. Creed. 
So Blink grows into the adulthood with the X-Men. She's impulsive and not always willing to follow orders, but becomes an important member of the X-Men. Eventually, the X-Men encounter the time-traveling dude bro named Bishop, who set a course of events that prevented the death of Professor X, eliminating the Age of Apocalypse reality. So as I mentioned uh, just a second ago, Blink had her own four-part <coughs> series, and it was set up within the Age of Apocalypse story, and it gave like a nice little delve into more of like her emotional and how she became. yeah how she is yeah. So in it, she has a falling out with Magneto, and she travels to the negative zone to seek aid in defeating Apocalypse. But due to the travel, she loses her memory. She meets an, a man named. Amior, H M Y O R, sounds good, right? Yeah, Amior. Oh, uh, who turns out to be the leader of a freedom force dedicated to removing Blastar. There's two A's in that. <laughs> yeah, from the throne of the negative zone. You can put two A's in all of my R's, so I'm Martha Bartlett. Martha. Bartha is a real last name, and before I didn't realize that I was going to never marry anybody, I had worried about that. And it's a good story. I mean, I could have just not taken the last name, but I feel like Martha Bartha is too stupid to not take. <laughs> oh, shit. I hate you. We're in a weird headspace tonight. <laughs> it's true. I'm sorry. So, Blink, not knowing who she is or where she came from, joins the force and in turn falls in love with... Amur, who they both later learn is a previous stage of analyst. A N I H I L U S. Like annihilation? I'm guessing. Annihilus? Annihilus? Okay. okay. That sounds good. Sure. sure. It sounds better than Anhillus because that sounds sad. Annie Hillis. Annie Hillis. <laughs> just call him Annie. Like, good old Anne. Small Anakin. Hmm. Annie. It's like, I hate this movie. And everything. (laughs) So, they fall in love. Did I say that? Yep, it's gross. They fall in love, but he's some annihilator. Yeah. Annihilus. In previous stages of Annihilus, who, to this point in his life, after his last confrontation with Blastar, Blastar, and lost his memories. So they both have no memories. It's so romantic. I hope he's also pink. I bet he isn't. That would be even more romantic. <laughs> I know all about romance. He was the one who Blastar took the throne from. And Blink regains her memories and manages to save Annihilus before teleporting back to her own world to the X-Men who were looking for her. And then, since a bunch of things got changed up because of Cable... We are now in her main series, The Exiles. So Blink was later on mysteriously teleported to a strange desert plateau Hmm. where she met a group of other mutants from various realities who had been unstuck in time. It's out here. (laughs) We live in Plateau Central. Yes. I always thought plateaus were just one of those things that you just had to learn about in geography. And then I was like, oh, hey, there's a bunch of them. This is actually a thing. A 
cosmic monitor called the Time Broker explained that each had become unhinged from reality and their new mission was to visit various parallel worlds and correct wrongs, while the other exiles would each be returned to their own realities, but altered in some horrible way as a result of being unhinged (laughs) if they failed to correct things. Link was told that she would just cease to exist. Oh, okay. I would much rather prefer that I cease to exist than whatever, like, horrible, you're back in your reality, but you're, like, inside out. You're just Superman. All of your organs are on the outside. (laughs) Just like in that one episode of Venture Brothers where they have, like, the fake (laughs) Ben Patrick for. Yeah. Literally, it was exactly like that. And I was like, well, at least he's wearing clothes. Oh, Venture Brothers. I know. Shed a single tear. I love them. Okay. Blink becomes the leader of the group of exiles, her teammates reasoning that she was more removed from the realities that they were familiar with and would therefore be better equipped emotionally to make whatever judgment calls might be needed if they were forced to fight former allies. And she ended up forming a relationship with her teammate, Mimic. They went to many worlds. They fought a bunch of different people like the Hulk, Galactus, Weapon X, Mojo, and other enemies not listed. Mojo's a nerd. Mojo Jojo. (laughs) Also a nerd. Yes. (laughs) So on the world where mutated strain combining the legacy virus and the techno organic virus was taken over, Blink was infected by it. She was later cured by the intervention of Norse gods. Don't know which ones, just some Norse gods. Oh, there's a bunch of them. <laughs> the exiles were celebrating when Time Broker appears, saying that Blink was going home. Blink is teleported away, and she's replaced by magic. Oh! Hey! Oh! <laughs> um, however, the Time Broker lied, because he's a dick, and in- instead of sending Time her home... Broker. Yeah. I feel like just don't. Just don't. Instead of sending her home, he she's quarantined in a previous reality that the team had visited. Feel you there. (laughs) (laughs) There. (laughs) The exiles were paired up with Weapon X and given an assignment to kill a young child named David Richards, who left unchecked, would become an all-powerful megalomaniac. Instead, Sabretooth opted to stay and raise the child so that it would not become evil, but he's Sabretooth, so he failed. Alright, so when Blink landed in Sabretooth's reality and she helped him destroy the Centennials, David hijacked her teleporting ability and made her kill dozens of humans. Blink was emotionally scarred by the experience and it was hinted at that she would have succumbed to this destructive tendencies up to that point of potential suicide had Sabretooth not intervened and saved her. Alright, so she was later rescued and came back to the exiles after Sunfire died. I love Sunfire. For the next mission, they were given the task of dwindling down the ranks of the two teams to only six members by killing each other. <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> Were they assigned to this mission by Mojo because that's his jam? My guess is this is still all time. What's his face? <laughs> time broker. <laughs> I remember his name because I immediately, when you said time broker, <laughs> I thought Tom broke out. <laughs> the word. Hey. So while fighting Hyperion, Hyperion. Hyperion. 
He seemed invisible, uh, invisible, <laughs> invincible. <laughs> Blink prevailed by teleporting his own laser attack back at him. Hey. Then Gambit, the official leader of the Exiles at the time, Bip. blew himself and Hyperion up. So, trying to throw off the teen dynamic even more, the Time Broker introduced Sabretooth onto the team. Oh no! I don't know why anyone trusts him because he's a nerd. No, he's Tom Broker. <laughs> I know to trust you. You were on the news, right? <laughs> uh, your voice is very trustworthy. <laughs> so, with the introduction of Sabretooth onto the team, this caused Clarice to doubt her leadership abilities and defer to Sabretooth's advice. A fact that Mimic was not happy about. The Time Broker gave Blink a mission in which she was instructed to kill Mimic soon after, but she refused. When she did, the talus shifted from her arm to Sabretooth, whatever the fuck that is. (laughs) But it made him the de facto leader, so it's some symbol among the exiles. Sounds lame. Does sound lame. (laughs) Time Broker sounds lame, too. Yeah. So the Time Broker then tried to disrupt the team by introducing Holocaust. So literally, you know how I was talking about that dumb quiz that I took with the Batman? I took another quiz for X-Men villains, and I was looking at this guy, and there was one option that was like Skullhead or something weird, and I was like, this one, because I thought the exact same thing. (laughs) Why would any sane person name a villain Holocaust? That's... A terrible life mm-hmm. decision, and you should feel very bad about yourself. Yep. Also, maybe we should just never put this guy back in because he's so never used that it's not like anybody would fucking miss him. Yep. It's so funny that the both of us have run into this in the same day, though. <laughs> because I'd never seen this before and was like, oh, he looks, he looks like that one fucking skull guy from, uh, like the blinky skull from <laughs> Scooby Doo. Mm. <laughs> Shit. Okay, so he's on their team. Ugh. He's from Sabretooth and Blink's home reality. He also sent the team back to the Age of Apocalypse, implying that by repairing their damaged timelines, Blink and Sabretooth had prevented that the Age fuck of up of their timeline. Apocalypse. Yeah. Holocaust becomes obsessed with. Finding the source of Time Broker's uh, broadcast and experimenting with the shard of the M. Cron. Two A's. Oh, crystal. Yeah, that's the one that. Uh, so when Phoenix does her thing, they all like hop into the M. Cron crystal for a, like a little while, and Lilandra's like weird brother with the like terrible yeah. fucking outfit is like standing over it like a fucking weirdo. In the cartoon, but also probably in the comics. <laughs> yeah. He has terrible, terrible hair. And they like all a, do. Well, yeah, but like, you know, Lilandra's hot, so it works. Yeah. Yeah, no, they all have like feather hair. His yeah. is like, his name is Dakar, and his hair is like feathered, like Farrah Fawcett feathered, and not like actually made of feathers. And like, this didn't work. <laughs> I don't know what happened. I hate every part of this. <laughs> okay, so with that side note, <laughs> have you thought about the Emcron crystal today? 
<laughs> I know it. Here's a bunch of evidence. They experiment with the M-Crown crystal. And the exiles teleported into the time broker's base. Pano Pictron. Pano Pictron. PTI. I think you're not wrong. PTI. <laughs> PTI. C H R O N. But, like, also, I might have an actual nightmare of you just saying, Pano. I don't know anything about this person, so it's you could his say base. Oh, it's Time Broker's base. What a loser! So, also, first of all, your name is Time Broker. Just make your base like the time bank. base. Time bank. <laughs> Hi, we have time. That's their slogan. <laughs> Resurrected evil Hyperion had taken over the Crystal Citadel and had been manipulating their missions for quite some time. The Exiles began to fight him again, suffering the death of Namora and Holocaust, as well as a near-fatal wounding of Morph and Mimic. However, it was Blink once again who saved the day. Since Hyperion had learned his mistake from the last battle, Blink had to come up with a new strategy by defeating the powerful foe. She did this by teleporting a lot of sand into him, effectively incapacitating him and then marooning him on his desolate home dimension. What the fuck? This is the weirdest version of any teleportation death that I've ever heard. We're not deaf. I guess it's just a getting rid of. Mm-hmm. But like, I just put a bunch of sand in you. Is a lot. Is like the weakest version of Kitty Pride putting her arm through uh, <laughs> a Wolverine's skull that one time in that weird oh, yeah. world. She's like, I guess we both die. <laughs> the end. Okay, so the exiles decide to drop uh, Beak back home. Me and Martha both just made beak hand symbols, signals, just so everyone knows. <laughs> they were different, but it was yeah, at the same we, time. We all know exactly where we're going. Mine was more of a concave and yours was a convex. Yeah. Um, they decided to bring them home just in time for the events of the House of M, and they find themselves in the midst of it. The Mad Reality Warping Mutant Proteus that sounds right. found himself reborn and was able to escape to another reality before the 616 was set right again. 616. <laughs> 616. <laughs> 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 the bit that keeps on bidding. <laughs> the exiles set to track him down since they felt responsible for his release. Uh, Proteus had discovered the existence of alternate realities via access the talus. So yeah, that's the, must be, a, I'm guessing, some kind of 
wrist lid or talisman or yeah, something like a, they wear so that they can balance from, to, from reality to reality to correct things. Cool. As shockingly, Proteus infected Mimic with something. I don't know. And Blink was on. <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't tell me. It's just infected. <laughs> just and it's like cold. <laughs> it's like, I can't come in to guess. It's where COVID came from. <laughs> and Blink was unable to save him before his body withered away into a lifeless husk. So maybe COVID. <laughs> Um, this severely affected Blink, but Proteus seemed to retain some of Mimic's memories of he and Blink's relationship and ended up having some form of love for her. That's fucked up. And at the same time, her relationship with Sabretooth was also affected. The man she once looked up to as a mentor and called Mr. Creed was now only referred to as Victor, showing the distance that had grown between them. That was his... I was, like, trying to remember his first name so hard, and I was like, I can't. I know it's Creed, and I know it's fucking Sabretooth, and I know he has a weird hairdo and that fucking outfit, but... Uh, so, swearing revenge, the exiles track down Proteus to the future in perfect reality, but were <sighs> unable to prevent the madman from taking another life. This time, Proteus took the body of Morph, but with Blink's quick thinking, she was able to trap Proteus in Morph's body by blinking a behavioral modification crown onto his head. Every time I think about Morph, I think about the 90s X-Men. Yes. And I think about Morph's goony fucking voice. Yep. Which I won't mimic because I'm bad at it. I won't. So now he's trapped in Morph and he thinks he really is Morph. I'm not. I'm not going to do it because I can't remember exactly. I just remember it sucks. So with the hunt for Proteus at an end, Blink remained on the Exiles to continue fixing damaged realities. She and other Exiles returned to all the former members of the Exiles and Weapon X that were trapped in this uh, stasis gallery to their home realities, dead or alive. Blink was going to bury Mimic in the Panopetrion <laughs> desert until Power Princess suggested that she check with Mimic's family on burial wishes. Blink returned Mimic to his home reality for burial and spent some time with his, ver- with his version of the X-Men, almost accepting their wishes for her to join their team. After a mission where the Exiles have, had to save Galactus, Blink once more called Sabretooth Mr. Creed, and then later left the team to take a break with Nocturne and Thunderbird on Heather's Earth. I love Nocturne. <laughs> I love her. She's so cute. Blink is called back into action when the new ex- exiles, minus Morph and Psylocke, are left inoperable after being immersed within the Crystal Palace. Morph summons her, Nocturne, and Heather to help create a team of exiles. The new team is Beast, Forge, Polaris, Panther, and the Witch. Blink is put in charge of the new team and pretends to be new just like the others. However, they find out <laughs> very quickly that that is not the case. <laughs> hey, fellow kids. <laughs> like, you've done this before, haven't you? Just like, well, I know! Yeah, it's never been kissed. <laughs> So Blink is currently starring in Saladin Ahmed, sorry if I butchered your name, his Exiles, which launched in 2018. Sweet. 
And last little bit, a few other things that Blink has been in. She was in What If? And she was in the Ultimate Universe. She was in the game X-Men Legends 2 Rise of Apocalypse. (laughs) And she's voiced by Tara Strong. Mm -hmm. Uh, She was in X-Men animated series in in the 1990s. And she was briefly seen as one of the many members of the mutant resistance in the alternate world of the two-parter One Man's Worth. Uh, my favorite version is she appears in Wolverine and the X-Men. Yes. She's so cute in it. Um, Wolverine and the, and the X-Men had like so the good. best versions of, of so, so many, many things. I'm so sad it got canceled so soon. It would have been so... Like, I would have watched that for like 12 seasons. Me fucking too. Um, in the series, she is a resident of Genosa, Genosha and also an assistant to Magneto, <laughs> who has made it a safe sanctuary for all mutants. She assists by using her teleportation powers to transport Magneto and his followers to other parts of the world. And though she is renamed just Clarice Fong, she's in the 2014 film and X-Men Days of Future Past and also in the 2017 Fox television show The Gifted. Right. I forgot that show. Yes. And that is my cute little baby angel. Oh my god. Blink is one of those characters that I don't think about very often, and then somebody mentions her, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> <Yep>. I <laughs> She's great. I love her. I feel like a lot of the new mutant kind of characters are those so characters. Solid. They're so good and so cute, and yeah, I don't think about them, and then as soon as someone, pick when yeah. you said Pixie, or when I mentioned Blindfold earlier, exactly. <laughs> I love them. Like Mercury from the other day. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of them. They all, all, all fucking solid. All right. So that's, yeah. that's election night. Election Talk. night. This might be our last episode. Hey. <laughs> we made it to 30 and now neither of us are getting out of bed ever. <laughs> he said, we're dying here. Do, 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 do. Sooner rather than later, I guess. <laughs> uh, but... I have to go walk a puppy. So we can't do a murder-suicide pact yet? Nope. I have to go walk the puppies first. (laughs) So, yeah. So, everyone, thanks for listening. Episode 30. Yeah, episode 30. If you've listened to 30 episodes of us, thank you so very much. Yeah. Um, I hope you voted today. Mm -hmm. I hope you voted correctly today. Or previously. Or, yeah, if you didn't vote today. I I hope you voted by today. Yes. By today when we're recording, obviously. Yeah. And you're listening to this, if you're still trying to vote. You have lost. (laughs) (laughs) We've we've made a lot of mistakes along (laughs) the way, is where we're at. Um, So, yeah. So, rate, review, subscribe. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We are also on the ESO Network, and we are on Podbean. And we would love for some five stars and yeah. an awesome little review. Mm-hmm. Or good reviews. Yeah. As long as it's like sort of nice a little bit, that's yeah, fine. that's fine. So, yeah. If your review is just sort of nice a little bit. That's fine, too. Yeah. We'll, we'll handle it. I will fucking laugh. <laughs> if your review is sometimes ghost dolls come to fuck them up, <laughs> that's fine, too. <laughs> Hopefully not too often. Because it is not October anymore. No, it is Christmas time. (laughs) All right, everyone. Thanks for tuning on in. I gotta go walk a dog. We'll we'll see you next Tuesday. (laughs) Mm, Yeah. Maybe. (laughs) Hey, we'll see.
This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.